Hey guys, Michaela Bowen here from the West Coast Eagles. I'm on John Littlefair's podcast, Never Just a Dog. Was it just yesterday that you started training for the next year's season? Yeah, so going into season um, 2022 or 2021-2022, yeah, it has unfortunately, it, it was pushed back by four weeks. So we were actually supposed to start four weeks ago. But yeah, so the, the um, official pre-season date was on Wednesday this week, but we at West Coast didn't start training till Thursday. So yeah, yesterday being our first session, which is really exciting. So good to get around the girls and yeah, finally get a bit of a taste of it all. What's the first training session entail? Is like a thousand run throughs or ten ten hours nonstop or <laughs> whatever? How so, does it work? Yeah, it's um, and that's the thing. I remember when I was little, thinking about being an elite athlete, and especially being in the AFL, you think that you know it's all blood, sweat, and tears, really, which it is. But you know, you soon learn that being a professional athlete is all about balance, and that's what it was like going into preseason in my first year. You know, you kind of expect to be running up and down the field twenty million times, but they do look after you really well. So obviously, monitoring the loads. Yesterday wasn't actually too bad. Which which is nice. Got a bit of gym in um, and then, yeah, out in the track as well for about half an hour or so and then back in for more education on footy-wise, more kind of stoppage stuff and all like that. Okay, so you must be pretty exciting about the season. When when does the new season start or is unsure because of COVID? Yeah, well, the, the season was supposed to start before the four weeks I just mentioned was supposed to start in December of this year, which would have been weird because we've just played this year, but that's all right. <laughs> um, and then, but yeah, has... Then turned on to starting, now starting in January. I'm not sure the exact exact number in terms of date-wise, but I know it's starting in Jan, so. Must be very exciting. Yeah. Now, how did you get into, well, how did you decide or when did you decide to become a footballer? Yeah, that's a very, very good question. And it's one that I've tried to refine the answer because I can tend to talk for 10 hours about it, but... I guess, yeah, just starting off for me um, when I was younger, like I touched on before, just having the, I guess, ultimate dream of being an elite athlete when I was younger. And that's something I've always aspired so deeply to be. I think, yeah, ever since I can remember being a little tacker and I think the biggest hurdle for me in terms of that context is just what sport I wanted to be elite at. So when I was younger, I, you know, if I had mum here, she'd tell you all the sports that I've already tried. But yeah, I did every sport under the sun. I did a fair bit of soccer when I was when I was first young and then yeah moved into basketball which then I took quite seriously ended up making it through into the wobble and all um all the state trials with that but yeah alongside those did cycling I never actually did netball which is quite interesting I feel like everyone or every female has done netball but I never actually went into that side of things so yeah soccer basketball I did um I did a little bit of hip hop dancing when I was younger but that's about it Who's your favorite hip hop artist Oh Drake Drake, okay. He's a, he's my game. He's just released a new album. So I've been playing that on repeat at the moment in my car. <laughs> um, but yeah, probably Drake and, yeah, I don't know. It's quite controversial, but Drake and Kanye, they don't really like each other, but I love them both. So. <laughs> Actually, it's interesting you said hip hop as well. So yeah. hip hop dancing or singing? Hip hop dancing, yeah. So I did. I love. I love. Um, I love music, and I guess that's why um, when I was younger, I did a bit of a bit of hip hop here and there. Never really stuck to it as much as much as I have footy, but I did enjoy it when I was when I was going through it. Your mum's a classical dancer. She uh, is in the ballet sense. In the in the ballet sense, yes. Joy, wow. Yes, I know my whole fa- and that's that's the biggest thing. My whole family is. My whole family are just. Crazy, 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 crazy ballerinas, ballerinas and ballet lovers, and they always have been. So I do come from a bit of that background, yeah. 
you have a different dance to do on the I, football field. I do have a bit of a different dance to do. Yes, complete, completely different. Obviously, extremely lucky of of having my mum being so supportive in that sense. And I think in in terms of the whole ballet thing, mum, mum, you know, never really pushed me to do something that I didn't want to do. And yeah, I ended up being the first girl, first girl in my family not to do ballet, um, which is. I take it as a bit of a badge of honour, but you know. You're, you're, so you're the rebel. I you're, am the every rebel, family yes. member has You've a rebel. Have one. Michaela Bowen, rebel. Yes. <laughs> hey, dogs. Let's talk dogs. Please. Yeah. Favourite breed? Oh, Favourite breed's got to be a dash hound. A I dash love hound. sausage dogs. Yeah. I love everything about them. I think because I'm little, I relate to them a little bit, but that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Odie? Odie, yeah. How did Odie, Odie come into your life? Sausage. Odie came into my life um, after a lot of daydreaming about one day getting a sausage dog. Me and my ex-partner, we um, decided to get a sausage dog in 2020. And yeah, we decided to name him Odie and loved him ever since, little pup, so... <laughs> And is Odie still in your life? Odie's not actually anymore. Yeah, it's a topic of which I'm more than happy to talk about in terms of, yeah, like I mentioned before, my my ex who's not with me anymore, it all got a bit complicated in terms of where we were going with um, with Odie and obviously we couldn't be together anymore and like I mentioned before, we ended up, we got Odie together so it was a bit of a difficult decision in terms of what to do with the little fella and how to best look after him and, you know, look after ourselves as well after what we're going through, so... So that must have been hard for you. Do you still see Odie at all or is Odie completely out of your life? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll run back a bit on it. Um, when at first I had been, yeah, with my ex for four years and this is probably in the last year of our relationship, we decided to get Odie and when we did decide, you know, to get him, everything was all sunshine and rainbows and, you know, as it usually is when you first get a dog together. So it was so exciting and I honestly think to me, you know, it was almost like I, I felt like I had a mate that I was never going to lose. So it was quite rough going through it at the time. But yeah, like I mentioned, we, we split later in the year. And unfortunately, that meant that we had to figure something to do with Odie. So at first, yeah, when, when it first all happened, I ended up, yeah, I, I moved I moved out of home, obviously relocating and stuff like that. So um, my partner actually held on to Odie for a while, which I think it was hard because, you know, Odie, Odie was my little ray of sunshine. And I was, I guess, trying to go through you know, what I had to in terms of going through that breakup and, and not being able to see him as well. So she actually kept him for, I reckon, maybe two or three months before we had to try and figure out because she had to move out as well. And um, she was struggling quite a bit just to look after him financially um, as well. So yeah, little fella, I did see him a fair few bit after, um, a fair for a fair bit after we, we split just, and, and obviously she understood that as well, just that how much he meant to the both of us. So it was a really rough time and yeah, I obviously had to help her out in terms of we kind of had to work together but work apart in terms of what to do with him and very, very regretful decision as something he's someone that we absolutely adored. So we ended up, I ended up, when we first went down to pick him up, we went down to Esperance. There's a bit of a story behind it. Actually, we drove down there. It was a good six six and a bit hour drive to go get him and I was committed to that for how much I love the little fella. But yeah, so we drove down. We ended up meeting this girl who's actually driven from Perth as well. And when we got down there, we had a bit of, bit of an inside joke that we all could have carpooled and picked picked the puppies up together. So um, she actually got his his brother. And yeah, lucky enough, it's kind of the best best scenario out of the worst situation, really. Um, I got in touch with her and Odie's now back with his brother, which is, 
you know, something that's hard to swallow in terms of that I don't get to see him anymore just because it's something that I couldn't really care of him and, and give him the love that he needed at the time. But I'm just happy that he's he's back with his brother and with a family that will love him and do all they can for him. So, Oh, that's uh, both very sad for you mm. and very gorgeous that you put the best mm. interests of Odie at the forefronts. Well done you. That must have been very, very <laughs> difficult. I miss him. I miss him to pieces, I can tell you that. So it's 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 a different situation, you know, because he's still he's still here and I think that's the hardest thing is that um you know, I guess if I was able to be living at a home, um, I definitely would have would have had him and looked after him for however long you live for. So but I am I am still in touch with the gorgeous girl that's that's with him now and she said that I'm more than welcome to go over and, and see them both. So I've I've been sent a few photos as well. He's looking a bit chunky, which is good. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that that's a good thing. That must uh, help you feel a little bit more settled from yeah, at least knowing as much that he's can in. Be. So, what do you miss most about Odie? I think, yeah, no, it's a very good question. I think for me, um, I think yeah, obviously, I had just at the time it was probably a year after I had moved out of home myself, um, and obviously moved into a place with with my partner and obviously, yeah, always, always been in love with sausage dogs. And I think for me, it was quite, quite a big symbol in my life of, of the next step. And having him alongside me there was just, it was like having a companion that I didn't think was ever gonna, ever gonna go. So yeah, I think it was, it was quite a big process moving through that when it all did occur at the time. But yeah, I definitely miss having, having the little fella lick my face every morning and yeah, the alarm clock, the the very the very slobbery, um, smelly alarm clock. But I think, yeah, from him it was just a love that was unconditional and um, I feel like it's hard to find that nowadays. And, you know, even just I'm quite a – I, I like routine and I like stability. And for me, you know, just moving out of home, he was that stability for me. So I do miss that immensely. Did he help you with, with in a sense, football with yeah. yourself? Did he help make things – calm while yourself being an elite athlete it must be at times a lot of anxiety how did he fit in there Michaela? Yeah of course I think it's a it's a subject that I'm extremely passionate on in terms of you know the mindset of elite athletes and and everything that comes and goes with that but I think the biggest thing I've learned over you know my my three years even being at, at Eagles and you know the years before that just preparing to be an elite athlete is that you need to be comfortable within your own self and and sometimes it's a point of not overthinking too much and not pushing yourself to the point of exhaustion and um and breakdown and I think for me as as for me as an individual I am I can tend to you know I want to go all guns blazing all the time and I want to I want to push myself as hard as I can and I want to be the best I can be for for myself and the team and it's almost as if Odie's little face was that reminder for me just to take time to breathe and take time for him and it was like I wanted to be able to create time for myself that then I could I could spend on him and you know spend investing in him and loving in him loving him you know so it was almost kind of a relationship with with a little pup where you know I learned a lot about myself in terms of how I was as an athlete and where I wanted to be you know in terms of the way I, I approach my my sport and and everything in that context, because he is, I think he's a, he was a, a big breathing space for me. I saw him and took a deep breath every time I saw him, other than when he was jump, jumping all over with, um, jumping all over me. But yeah, he's, he's incredible and just reminding yourself to take some time out every now and then and, and look after your mental health. Speaking of mental health, how do you approach it for yourself? Meaning how do you keep yourself afloat, buoyant, 
protect yourself. Would you like to share that? Yeah, yeah, of course. I think, yeah, on that context, um, for me personally, I think it's different depending on um, on each individual individual athlete, sorry. And I guess if we're talking about myself specifically, like I touched on before, I'm someone that just, I go, I go and I go and I go. And I think the biggest thing I've learnt, you know, I, I am still quite young and I've hopefully got years to come in the future, but the biggest thing I've learnt is to, just keep a balance on things like and that's I think that's touching back on what we just said before about Odie you know whether that balance is taking some time for yourself or actually looking after your mental health because I feel as you get older and especially as I have as well probably the last two years have been the hardest the hardest on myself ever mentally that I've been through and um, I've learnt I've learnt so much about myself and a credit to the little fella for you know, yeah, providing those reminders that sometimes get lost in um, lost in the process and the traffic of trying to achieve everything else. So, becoming an elite athlete, the demands in particular in time must be immense. Yeah. Do you ever feel a sense of loneliness? Yeah, it's a it's a very good point, John. And yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things that I guess I've um, I've put a light to over the last few years, and and not even just the last few years, probably even before that, especially. You know, going through school, I think for me was it's it's kind of a it's it's a mix between loneliness, but not but understanding that it's not intentional. So like, I feel because you're putting everything you have into something that into some sort of dream that others may seem like unreasonable. I think that's where it comes from. So like for me at school, I never really like I had I had a friend group that loved me and I loved them and it almost felt as if I was a bit nuts for for wanting to achieve what I wanted to achieve. And not that they ever made me feel that way, but for me, you know, not going to parties and um, not going to certain things or not being able to do A and B because I've got training or that's where the kind of unintentional, sometimes, yeah, I guess feeling of isolation can come from because I guess you're so driven on achieving a certain goal that yeah, at times it can feel like, um, you know, you're kind of in it on your own and I guess that's where, for me, it's been such a big such a big whirlwind of learning in terms of mental health and, and reaching out to people and, yeah, I can even give you an example. Like my best friend, Michaela Hyde, she actually plays for Fremantle Dockers, so we've got a bit of a derby rivalry going on there. Oh, wow. How does, have, you, have you matched up on we her, have, like oh head to God. head? She sent me a video the other day. Do you want to bash each other? or <laughs> yeah? I mean, that's how friends is. It reminds me of playing football yeah. in the backyard yeah. with my brothers. Love 100%. my brothers, but we wanted to like, slaughter each other. And that's exactly what it is, John. Yeah, we. Um, she sent me a clip the other day of one of the derbies. We actually played at Optus, which was unforgettable, unforgettable Sorry for us both. Um, yeah, we actually did go head on head and it looks like I WWE slam her into the floor at that point, which is hilarious. But, but yeah, so even in that context, like I think Mickey is someone that I, I adore, like with, with all of me and, you know, I feel, I feel that back from her, but I feel she's in the same boat as I am in terms of, I'd love to spend, you know, as, as much time as I could with her and, you know, cause best friends, that's what you're supposed to do. But like, we hardly get any time to even text each other anymore. So it's, it's almost as if. You know, if, if if yeah, it's just it's 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 unintentional because I still love Mick the same. It's just like you, you don't really have as much time to reach out to people, and so it's almost as if you feel like people think everything's going good with you because 
you know, you're kind of, you're, you're on your tangent of trying to achieve something and getting everything done. And yeah, you kind of, I guess, lose contact with people and people think everything's going great for you. So more of that deep, deep connection with people is all. Who do you find your largest influences on your career so far or your personal life? I feel that it, it can flow sort of both ways. Someone yeah. can be non-associated with football, but they are a positive influence on the game for yeah. you. Yeah, of course. Um, I think if I'm, I'm going to start off with outside of footy and someone that I think has influenced my personal life so much and obviously to the point where I'm studying um, PE teaching now, my uh, in junior school, Joe Kendall, he was my absolute idol growing up and he was, um, yeah, in junior school, my PE teacher and someone who I now look back as is probably one of the biggest mentors I've have I have and I will always give credit back to him in terms of the way you know I commit myself to a goal and and aspirations and the and the belief I have in myself I think comes so so strongly back to him and you know I remember being in 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 junior school and I don't think I've ever felt such belief from another person to myself as I did in in that time and he was someone that you know always encouraged me especially I think the biggest part of it was, was was when I was growing up and I think that's what I'd love to be to girls growing up and boys growing up is that I think it's such a crucial period of self-confidence and self-belief that I think was instilled in me by him and like I said before I'll always I'll always look back at him when um, you know when we end up winning a flag I'll always turn my head to him in the crowd and know that he's implemented such such strong belief in me which you know to never never take no as an answer in terms of what you're wanting to achieve and there's a quote I seen the other day that, you know, if you if you aim at nothing, you will hit nothing. And that's something that I live by. And at the end of the day, I don't, I don't care if I fail. I care that I tried. So he's definitely probably the biggest person in that sense. But, yeah, if I wanted to think in terms of footy, probably the one, and it's, it's interesting, they're both males, but do have a lot of females, probably too much to narrow it down. Um, probably my whole Eagles team is such a big inspiration to me. But Yeah, and you don't want to say one person over other because no. they're going to crush on you at the I next love, training. Yeah. I love them <laughs> all yeah. equally. <laughs> They'll run me into the floor. <laughs> um, but no, and, and more specifically, I guess when I first joined um, at the West Coast Eagles, yeah, obviously being one of the first ones signed on there, it was quite intimidating at the time. And intimidating in the sense that I had so much hope for myself and and so much desire to and I knew who I wanted to be at the club but yeah this this one guy Adam Selwood um I'm sure you guys would know who he is he's obviously part of the Selwood family and um he has been if not I feel like um, Mr Kendall and Adam have passed a baton from one to another because he was such a big mentor for me as soon as I kind of moved on from school and I guess he guided me to um I feel I feel he had such a big influence on me in terms of the way I am around the club now and he I guess steered me in a direction of where he felt um he wanted the club to go and that's something I obviously hold really close to my heart because I I, I would want to be at, at Eagles my whole career and you know you never know what the future holds but yeah I definitely I definitely would always come back to him in, in terms of how much he's put it not 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 only myself but into the group. Um, how much belief and how much value he's put into not only being a good player but a good person. Now, Michaela, two thousand and twenty-one, all Australian squad. Yes, sir. <laughs> nomination for Rising Star yeah. as well. Not a bad effort. How did that make you feel personally? Yeah, I think it's um, I guess it's easy to answer that question in terms of how did it make me feel, but I think for how did it make me feel personally, like. 
if I were to answer the first question of how did it make me feel, it, it makes you feel great in the moment. And um, I guess it's it's nice to have that recognition of, you know, your own individual individual efforts. And I feel all Australian, you know, you do get recognised throughout your performances through the year. And yeah, it was a really special moment, I guess, for me and um, and my family and my support crew that have kind of got me to where I am today. But um, I think, yeah, if you if you bring the personal into it, I can't really answer that question because it's it's such a team focus for me. And I'd love I'd love the all Australian team to be presented for my whole teams, you know, so winning a flag with the team, I think is gonna make me feel 10 times 10 times more special. But yeah, in, in saying that, like, I, I really appreciate the recognition. And um, it's something that I want to strive to to continue to hit and, um, and obviously bring my teammates with me as well on that on on that pursuit. So Tell me about your boxes range, your merchandise range. What was the inspiration behind that? Yeah, I think for me, um, obviously something that, something, yeah, that I've gone through, I guess, um, throughout the past few years and found such an immense passion for is, um, is mental health and, and obviously mental well-being and motivation and mindset and um, whether that's in sporting or just in, in society and in, in general. And I think it comes back to a lot of yeah, I guess personal experience and my personal value of, of never wanting to be put in a box. So that's that's the idea of why it's called boxes. And I guess if I were to explain it in a, in a bit more detail, you know, whenever I think of a box, I think the biggest thing for me is that it feels different for everyone. So, you know, a box for a, for a young girl could be trying to make a one of the state teams that she's trying to get into or trying to stand up to her parents, whereas a box for someone in my in my Eagles team is trying to get a game, you know, so... Or even, you know, that comes to the whole thing around just society and um, and encouraging people just to st- uh, stand for what they stand for and, you know, be their, be their biggest believer in, in that sense. And, yeah, I think the whole thing around why I wanted to call it boxes was because I feel like nowadays I just want to be, I guess, yeah, I, I've always wanted to kind of create my own my own clothing line for whatever reason, but I wanted to have a reason behind that and I wanted to have a why behind that and be able to, you know, join in the conversation, whether that's, you know, just a conversation around why someone's wearing a crown on their shirt and what that means. You know, I'm I'm always I always want to be there for people to to have that conversation with and I want young girls to know and young boys to know that just because athletes are athletes and they seem unreachable, like they are still human. Um and I think that's the biggest thing behind it and I want I want girls to believe in themselves and I want boys to believe in themselves and I want to be I want to be someone that you know is always is always open for a conversation because I feel it's such a big thing in our society today. I did a clinic this week just for um just for a school holiday program and I actually had there was the amount of girls there was just so inspiring um compared to when I was younger and I used to watch my brother play and there was no other girl around. But yeah, so I actually I actually spoke to these three or four girls that came and approached me after after the clinic and a few of them wanted to know I guess a bit more about the pathway and how to get into footy and stuff like that but um yeah there was this one girl I think she was 14 and she just spoke up and she said Michaela how how do you deal with you know people who don't support footy or people who think that women shouldn't be playing footy or I think my biggest thing for her was just that the understanding that we're all in it together and that the girls that run out in the field know how hard it is out there and know how aggressive other girls can be and and I think that's one of the most inspiring things about being a part of the AFLW is that you're competing against your opponents but in the same sense your opponents are the ones that you're 
setting the standards with and the opponents are the ones that you are paving the way with. So I think um, AFLW personally is one of the biggest pillars and, and if not all all women's sport is, is, yeah, just such a huge force in terms of, you know, creating a more equal environment for, for women together. And like I said to this um, one specific girl, you know, we're all in it together and I said to her, please, I gave her my details and I said, if you need someone, like I don't care that, I don't care that any of my teammates are playing A4W. You know, we're still human and we've been through it. Um, it's, I guess it's 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 also about being real about the fact that you will probably go through it. And, yeah, and and that then, you know, goes through to the conversation around how to go about it, you know, and, and at the end of the day it just comes back to understanding and understanding that some people aren't educated on the facts, some people have grown up certain ways and some people clearly just want to do anything to tear you down. So I feel, you know, if I were to answer this this girl's question that I spoke to is just to stick together and, you know, understand we've all got a job to do and um, we're just going to keep doing it no matter what. Now, Michaela, the upcoming season, what do you think it's going to look like with COVID still very much a major issue in Australia? How do you plan or going into a season which is in a sense you're not sure whether you're going to hubs, not going to hubs? Yeah. How, how does that affect you? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think... Um, it's it's a question that definitely every single player in the AFLW will answer different. And obviously myself being being younger and having the opportunity to play at my age, obviously I feel I feel personally comes with benefits, you know, in, in comparison to some of some of the girls in my team and um yeah, if I'm to delve in that a bit deeper, like got our captain Emma Swanson and this happened last year when there was talks about us getting either put into a hub or the season cut short or, you know, everything thrown into the air possible. But when the whole hub situation got brought up for us, I guess it's different and it's also another eye-opener that we are still, we're full-time athletes inside, but on the outside we're still part-time and we're still juggling jobs and in that sense, you know, I'm still working at a cookie shop and so I'm, I'm, I'm you know, not too harmed by taking a few weeks off and if anything for me, it's like a field trip with my best mate, so I won't mind it, but, you know, it's, it's kind of taking into account that, like I mentioned, Emma Swanson, she's a firefighter and at that time she had just started um, so it's not like she can just take six weeks off and see you later because she's got lives to save. And even not even that Courtney guard, she's a PE teacher at the moment, something that I'm aspiring to be, but she's just moved to the head of sport department. And, you know, sometimes you do get some industries and, you know, and employees that employers, sorry, that aren't too keen on, on, you know, whether you're an AFLW player or not, that you've got a job to do. And if you can't do that job, then that was the case of, for some of our players last year, And even if we didn't go into a hub. So it is a rough situation, but I think um, we're very lucky at the moment, especially in WA, and, you know, in the hand that we got dealt last year in comparison to some of the other teams, you know, like GWS, they're on the road for weeks, if not months. And I know that some of their players couldn't couldn't go and, and just couldn't play AFLW because of the, obviously, the nature of being part-time and, yeah, and everything that comes with that. So for me, you know, it's a very light and fluffy answer of the fact that I'd love to go into a hub and I'd miss my family, of course, and I'd miss WA and playing in front of crowds. But um, obviously it's not ideal with Kobe being around. But for me, yeah, it's 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 with my best, best mates and I'm playing playing my passion. So, But yeah, you know, I, I guess it's it's a huge topic of conversation at the club all the time and just gets to a point where I feel there's not really a point talking about it because... It's always going to be the exact opposite to what you plan it out to be. So you just got to kind of ride with the punches and yeah, and take it as you go. Just keep training as hard as you can and hope for the best. And just imagine if you still had a dog oh, in your life. Exactly. You'd have to, I, I and think, that's what I mean. And would you be able to take, say, if Odie 
was still with you? Yeah. Well, would you a... smuggle him in the bags? <laughs> he could probably fit on the plane with me, he would. But um, it's a very good point. And even even that, like jobs is one thing, but families and, you know, and, and even dogs are part of that whole family. That's a that's a whole other spectrum of things. And, yeah, I think well, at the time of, of having Odie, obviously my partner played for West Coast as well. So if we both had to go into a hub, God knows what we'd do with the poor fella and we'd love to take him. I have heard from the GWS girls that, they do offer to bring your partners and um, and your family along, but it's obviously not something that's set in stone yet. So um, we're just gonna have to wait and see till everything comes around. And yeah, poor Phil. I'm glad he, I'm glad he's gonna be with his brother and not flying on a plane. So <laughs> yeah. let's go to motorized sport, please. What is your favorite? Something with an engine, obviously. Any oh, motorized? Yeah, well, dirt bikes. Dirt bikes. I, I have a, and that's the thing. It, it contradicts itself with footy, and you know, I don't want to make it that dramatic, but it's also it's. Just alongside all the other things that you kind of sacrifice to do what you do and love what you love, and I have a huge passion for for motorbikes and dirt bikes, and it probably doesn't look like that seeing a tiny little me walking onto the field, but I've always loved them, and it's something that, not unfortunately, because I am still pursuing a huge dream of mine, but something that's going to have to wait till till later, and you know I'll still be watching on, watching all the all the motocross riders that I look up to already and, you know, hopefully one day when I'm when I'm finished but not too old I'll I'll be able to get get out on the dirt, so it should be good. Who's your favourite rider? Or favourite riders, I should say. <laughs> favourite rider, the first one I can think of and I was lucky enough to meet him. Josh Sheenan. He's my favourite. Oh, Gino. Um he, Tri- triple triple flip boy. Triple flip man. I yeah. and it was incredible, I think, because I'd been exposed to him um, from afar and it touches on the whole thing, you know, what I was saying before about, you know, and I'd consider him an athlete as well. I consider all motocross riders athletes is that you're elite athletes and to a point he's quite famous, but meeting him was so humbling. I think for me, uh, you know, we went, we went down in Donnybrook to go and visit him and yeah, just, I guess, getting such an understanding of the humility he had and, and the fact that you know, everyone would die to come meet him, but like, he's just who he is. And he's out there with his dad on his farm and he had a beard at the time. He didn't even, you know, he didn't even look like he was scrubbing up for any presentation or anything, but just how much of a pure soul he was and how he was willing just to chat to me about everything, even though I'm not even doing motocross, but just the fact that I love it. It's, it's something huge that like I touched on before, I want to implement in my own, um, my own growth and obviously, yeah, pass on to, to girls and, and boys coming up in the ranks as it, you know, at the end of the day, everyone is human and no one's untouchable. And that was a huge thing, huge thing meeting him. He's such a cool guy. He's he's so focused on being where he wants to be. I'm sure so many kids laughed at him when he said he was going to do a triple flip one day and be the first person in the world to do it. Um, and I think for me, even seeing that is that he's dared to achieve something. And that's something that um, I will never, ever, ever lose lose sight of because it's exactly where I want to be, dare to achieve. Okay, I've got I've got two questions for you. Let's start with cookies. Yes. One of my favourite things, hot dogs and cookies. <laughs> I keep myself pretty healthy these days. Do you eat them? Do I eat them? Yeah, so a bit of a backstory. Um, shout out to Get Chunky. I work there. I'm not sure if any listeners, um, you know, know, know much about it, but I do work there. So if you ever wanted to come chat. <laughs> but yeah, so at the moment working at Get Chunky, um, and I have been there for the last few years and actually know the owners, Kara and Dave. They've been extremely, extremely lovely in terms of, helping me pursue my career. But yeah, so they are actually huge New York style cookies. Um, when I, before I worked there, I frothed them, loved them. I still do love them, but it comes to a point where you've got to try and lean the muscles a little bit and they don't obviously help. 
<laughs> that much um, in that sense. But if I was ever trying to bulk, I definitely would. It's definitely tempting. Um, we do get you know, all these new flavors that come out and some that I haven't tried before. And, you know, it's obviously, it's another sacrifice you got to make. I do love them to pieces, but. Um, Let me just get a towel and actually wipe the drool from my face <laughs> right now. I feel like my Labrador. I feel so like my Labrador going, like staring at the food yeah. bowl. Going. And where, where, you didn't bring any in? You didn't bring I didn't in? bring any in, John. I'm so sorry. Because I expect <sighs> I'm going to see you soon. That's all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is your favourite? Is it the... favourite? Yeah. So there's a. I think there's like I don't even know how many flavours they have now. They've just brought a new Kinder Bueno one way. One out, which is lovely. It's got like all Nutella and everything mixed through it. I'm more of a vanilla gal though, so I love the cookies and cream. It's probably my favourite. Yeah, cookies and cream or the apple and crumble. Then the apple crumble used to have walnuts in it, and they've just taken them out. And I don't like nuts, so now it's ten times more tempting. If um, um if you do go on a footy hub this year and can't work, <laughs> I'll have to take some. No, no, no. I'm thinking about myself. Can I be the stand in? I work yeah. for I work for yeah, free. Yeah, yeah. Well, not really for free. Paid by cookies. They're obviously. paid by cookies. Yes. Like I bet they're like the cookie monster of Perth. Yeah, good man. <laughs> One last question. Yes, sir. When will another dog come into your life? Oh, I think like if I was talking for myself, I'd say tomorrow. You know, but I think you're I have, a busy woman, though. I am a busy woman. I think that's part of it. You know, part of what I'm just about to say is that. At the end of the day, getting a dog's not just for me. It's about, it's, it's what it was always about with Odie, about looking after him. And, you know, like I said, I'm glad that he's he's happy now and with his brother. But um, as selfish of it, as it would be to get one for myself, I probably won't be getting one until I know that I have enough time, you know, to give him or her my, my undivided det- attention and love. And, you know, I'd love to get one tomorrow. I'd love to get five tomorrow. But um, at the end of the day, it's just something that I'm going to have to wait for and, um, I'm more than happy to because it's ten times ten times more worth it when you do get the little fella. So I can't wait. I know there's someone that would babysit that dog. John, <laughs> John, 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 testing John. Yeah, that's it. Five. Well, yeah. that's one for every Five's day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> one in each room. You didn't need five different rooms, I reckon. <laughs> Imagine that a guest coming to the studio and then. How many dogs are in here? Well, that's Michaela Bowens from yep. West Coast. That's her five there. <laughs> You'd have and to babysit the whole every everyone in the team. Every, every, I think so many. Do girls they have all dogs. have dogs? They or? do. Yeah, and we actually organise. Uh, I remember Kelly Gibson. She's got her beautiful Dalmatian Ziggy, um, and it was his birthday the other day. He turned one, and she had a birthday party for him, and all the girls brought down their dogs. And unfortunately, you know, I couldn't bring Odie down. But yeah, all the girls, all the girls brought their dogs down. I think you'd have to. Over half the team would definitely have a dog. So, wow. Um, you, you couldn't know, like rent, rent to... one in, rent oh, a dog in for the day or dress up in a, in a dog the... mascot outfit or something. <laughs> the girls are busy, so I have to set up a dog babysitting business or something just, I to, think add, so. just to add to everything. So I'll have to. It's a good idea for myself. Like if you have to fly out, go into hubs or whatever, yeah. babysitting can I, can business. Can I ask you a question, John? Sure. When, when are you getting a pup? Oh, that is, is that a hard question to, that's my most, question to answer? It's my most asked question. Yeah. Uh, with... Same again with my work yeah. is that I do want to eventually get overseas and do a yeah. little bit. I'd, I'd yeah. dying to go back to the United States, back to the UK to see my friend, my brother and uh, catch up with um, Jess from Ladybug Art as well. Wow. Shout out Jess if you're listening. <laughs> um, Hello Jess. <laughs> so it, I'm not really sure. I, nothing, when the time's right. Nothing's stopping me. But I have turned into this sort of 
local scarf or a guy that walks up to everyone and pats their dog and asks their life story and they're going, but everyone loves There's always that one guy, but they're always loved. So it's they, okay. yeah, <laughs> they're always yeah, a good bloke. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I go and get my, get my fix. I head down to the beach in Scarborough and I, sometimes I, I take my camera yep. or at least always the phone. I'm always nosing my way into people's yep. lives. Oh, tell me your dog story. And yep. I do get my dog love fix, yeah. but Eventually, how's that for an answer that's, for you, Michaela? Yeah, well, that's my eventually. answer as well. Yeah, so eventually. With yeah. You. And when it's right for the, when I feel when it's right for the dog, you know. Michaela Bond, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in the studio today. Thank you so much, Sean. I really appreciate it. And shout out to all the dog lovers out there. I'm with you. 